Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, hello, just Kristen and Jenny, Jenny and Kristen here with a little bit of news, a little bit of sexy tension awards, and a little bit of lesbian sex history up in the intro. <laughs> oh, good. Glad we found a way to get it up into the intro. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, of course, if you don't know by now, what have you been doing? We are doing our two night finale in Brooklyn, September 17th and 18th. It is sold out. However, it is impossible to sell out the internet and you can watch both (laughs) nights, both nights from the comfort of ye own home. You can be in your PJs. You can cosplay at home. Do whatever you want. Cosplay in your pajamas. Yummy sushi pajamas, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you can go on over right now to moment.co, that's moment.co slash buffering the vampire slayer, or just go to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. It's on the landing page, which is slash chosen. It's also on the calendar. It's everywhere. You can find it. I believe in you. Uh, come <laughs> join us virtually. Those shows also stream for seven days. So if you can't make it in real time on the 17th and the 18th, you can watch it anytime for seven days after. Wow. Well. I have some very exciting results of a last episode's Sexual Tension Awards for the episode Empty Places. LaToya, are you listening? LaToya, are you listening? I hope so. In fourth place, with only 10% of the vote, but I also believe that there's no other podcast, no other community that would give this pairing a whole 10% of the vote. (laughs) It's faith and a hot pocket. God bless us, everyone. Hell yeah. In second place, uh, road trips are sexy. Road trips are fun. But if you break it, I don't have a rhyme. (laughs) Second place, 13%. It's Spike and Andrew. Yay, Spandrew. (laughs) But if you break it like but if you break it you buy it you were doing a play on well well, lovely to look at lovely to hold but if you break it consider it sold oh it's a beautiful poem got it got it got it got it on display in many shops across my god i can just imagine you rule follower tiny child jenny own young's like internalizing that sign in terror (laughs) yeah well it's always a good idea to remember all of the ways that you can go to hell Moving right along to the second place. Moving right along to uh, Stairway to Heaven, if you will. Oh, my goodness. With 21% of the vote. Only, I don't know if this pairing has ever only gotten 21% of the vote before. In in second place, we've got Buffy and Faith. We've got Fuffy. You're welcome. Stiff competition. And speaking of that, uh, in first (laughs) place a christmas miracle 56 percent of the vote this is what the universe intended when it started making buffy the vampire slayer it's faith and wood 
We love to see it. You wow, love to that's... vote for it. We all win. Like, Faith and Wood get the trophy, but we all win. We all win. That sexual tension is going to bubble right over yes. in this episode. Um, but before we get sexy in the episode called Touched, which also is sexy, um, a little note from your hosts and producers, Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, two heterosexual women. Uh, <laughs> Well, you'll get to hear us rant a bit later in the episode. We stand by our rant about how we feel about the Willow Kennedy scene. Um, we have, well, I won't even tell you their ship name. You can wait for it in the, in the episode. <laughs> um, but something we didn't learn until after our rant, again, would not have changed the rant, but definitely would have been included in episode, is that a lot of folks consider this... The first lesbian sex scene to have aired on network television. Now, that's a landmark. That is a landmark. So I have a couple things to say, Jenny. One, that's great. Great for them. Two, what is it when lesbians go down on each other in a musical episode and cause the other one to levitate? Is that... I think they were really trying to keep that uh, (laughs) under the radar, actually, so that the episode could air. Okay, so that was just... They were just hanging around. No, Kristen, the only way that lesbians can have sex (laughs) is by running... Their rigid hand up up and down the side of one another. Oh, God. This has long been established. Like the New York Times article that I read was like, the first time two lesbians were in bed together was in 2003 in Once More with Feeling. But the first time that lesbians had sex in bed together on television was this episode. Well, like, A... Buffy, the vampire slayer, knocking it out of the lesbian park. Uh, I should amend that. Knocking it out of the lesbian and bisexual park. Great job, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I was going to offer an honorary uh, trophy for historical sex. Historical sex. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to make two because really, I mean, you know, I really think that Tara and Willow probably took it, but we'll get, we'll make two because if they didn't, then Kennedy and Willow did. So congratulations. Yeah. Uh, two official awardings, but we only need three trophies. Yes. Willow, Willow's trophy is just bigger because she was involved in both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the other really quick thing I want to say about this, because we, we're, we rant about it later, is how wonderful it is that Jenny Owen Youngs and Kristen Russo so spoiled in the year... 2022 that we're like yeah it's good but we wish it could have been better like i love that we are spoiled now we're not like wow you know that's the progress that's good yeah in 2003 this was like a Ah. slam dunk this was stand up in the stands people this was like hope you're not watching it with your mom you know what i mean like oh oh god oh god god um, anyway, do you want to hear, uh, just a real quick email from a soon to be doctor, uh, who emailed us? I love doctors at all stages, pre-doctors, current doctors, post-doctors. Oh, that's great, Jenny. Cause that actually means that you love me. Cause I am, I could be a pre-doc. I mean, you don't even know. Like I, well, everyone is a pre-doctor. You know what well, I mean? Well, everyone. <laughs> Okay, read me the email. (laughs) All right. So Dr. Sydney Kaysen, I don't know if you pronounce your last name, Kaysen, maybe it's Kessel, uh, says, stopping by to correct the pre-show banter from Dirty Girls, okay? So before the show in Dirty Girls, we were talking about the recycling of cells, how all of our cells recycle every 
seven years, okay? Oh, I'm so pleased that we're getting a correction about this. I cannot wait to find out what's up. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sydney says, I am defending my PhD in neuroscience on September 9th. Good luck, Dr. Sydney. And my, res- <laughs> my research area is recycling inside of neurons. Unlike other cell types, neurons last the lifetime of the organism, <gasps> 70 to 100 years in humans. Because <gasps> of that, recycling and dealing with the, quote, trash inside them is even more important than for other cell types. <gasps> One of the pathways that breaks down their trash to be recycled is called autophagy, autophagy, fragile, um, which from the Greek means self Eating. Listen to this, Jenny. Literally, these recycling units look like little Pac-Mans inside the cell. <gasps> and they surround stuff that needs to get broken down, close, and then break down their contents. Little Pac-Mans, Jenny. Oh, my. Is this what Pac-Man is based on? <laughs> Probably. Wow, I love that. So bless you, uh, Dr. Sydney. I am confident that you are going to defend your PhD. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're already a doctor on this show yes. and soon to be in the rest of the world. Hell, yes. All right, Jenny. You ready to get into this freaking episode? So, so ready. Hell, Yeah. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. In tandem with the gals, I'd love to share one gallon of dairy-free ice cream with (laughs) Angel on Top. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, and I'd love to get down on the floor with them. You know what I mean, Jenny? Oh. Oh my God. Somebody call HR. Consensually. Just kidding. I've got to go. This week, Jenny and I are trying to get in as much trouble as we can. It's the last month of the podcast. Jenny said, what are they going to do? Fire us? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this week, we're talking about season seven, episode 20, Touched. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week. For just three more times for an original song written by Jenny recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Touched was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Solomon. It originally aired on May 6th, 2003. I have two ideas already for for um, musical inspirations. One is touch me from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Jenny okay. made a cringe face. I'm sure because of the music, not because of the singer. And <laughs> the second one is when I think about you at the twasso. Mm, yeah, these sound like like two songs that are like really up my alley. Yeah, and also like I think really on theme for the energy and the vibe in this episode. Yeah. So yeah, I was wondering about the title, and is it Touched. because everyone is doing it? Does a bunch of touching later. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's it's also probably because the first all the first wants we learn is to <gasps> feel to be touched to snap a neck 
Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, a simple girl she with is. simple desires. <laughs> this is the one where this this episode description killed me. Are you ready? This is the one ready. where, according to IMDb, Faith and the Potential search underground for a weapon whilst Buffy confronts Caleb at the vineyard. Whilst is what made me cackle. Somebody was. I like that a got, lot. I was going to say, somebody got real Jenny Owen Youngs up in there. Yeah, I wrote this episode description, actually. <laughs> whilst, Jenny, whilst Buffy confronts Caleb at the vineyard, whomst will win. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Wow. So... Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mm -hmm. Faith showed up. There's an army of potentials. Caleb is bad. Xander got a little eye poke. Don't forget, the first can be any dead person it wants. Buffy gave a little speech about something being protected at the vineyard, and everyone is like, nah. (laughs) Dawn and company kick Buffy out of her own house, and then Buffy tells Faith not to be afraid to lead the girls. Yeah, except for this edit is total bullshit, Jenny. I went back to watch, I actually rewatched the scene where Buffy is kicked out of her house because I have even more to say. Everyone's Mm -hmm. angry at me and normally I'm like, I'm sorry, except for this time where I'm like, I'm not sorry, I have more to say. But before I get there, (laughs) this edit for the previously on is cut so that she says, don't, their lives are yours now. And I was like, Wait, that's not what she said. And it like takes away the energy, I think, that that moment had because we all thought she was going to be like, don't touch me. You know what I mean? Um, But she (laughs) says, don't be afraid to lead them. So I would like to speak to whoever edited these previously on and have a word. Don't be afraid to leave them is so firmly and boldly burned into my brain that I didn't even note. I was just like, and then she said, don't be afraid to leave the girls. <laughs> yeah, Next. I was mad. I was like fucking rewinding, going back. I accidentally, I thought I went back to um, the episode prior, but I accidentally skipped to the next episode and was like, what? <laughs> this doesn't seem right at all. Um, okay, anyway, if you if you uh, don't mind, Jenny, I just want to say a couple of things. It, it, I want to say a couple of things, okay? First of all, I'd like to start by referencing Spike's quote from this very episode where Spike says, uh, I actually don't know what I'm going to say until I start talking because it really resonated with Classic me. Classic Kristen Risso. Truly. I, like I speak, Jenny and I are polar opposites here. We're like, when I speak, it's because I think there's something inside. So I just open up my mouth and I wait for it to f- fucking shake itself loose. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When Jenny and I correct me, nobody knows when it will happen. No. <laughs> could go. Could take three sentences. <laughs> could take three days. <laughs> it's true. Um, and Jenny will be quiet and formulate a thought. Sometimes for like you don't hear a lot of the pauses that happen in the podcast because they're edited out. But you know, Jenny's very careful about the words that she speaks, um, mm. and and formulates them precisely. So. <laughs> when Spike said that, I, I really was like, yeah, man, I see you. Um, but I say that because I have some things I want to say. But as usual, you know, I don't have I haven't written a script. I just know I have feelings about uh, last episode's discussion of Buffy getting kicked out of the house. Really divisive moment. And I love that. Um, I mean, you know, I don't love conflict, but I think it's really tasty and delicious when we have a group of very brilliant humans watching a very brilliant show having strong opinions that differ from each other. Jenny and I, that doesn't happen to us often in the space, you know, and like, it's just, it's nice. Um, So I want to start by saying that unless an opinion is directly harming a human, I think that it's important for um, 
humans and not this is I'm not like speaking to the listenership. I'm just saying in general, I think humans have a very hard time of not just saying that is wrong. Right. Like that's the wrong opinion because this is the right one. Um, I think like the whole beauty of this is that we all have opinions and I don't think that any of them need to be wrong again unless someone or something is being harmed by the opinion. Okay. Second thing that I want to establish is that I also very, very much believe that we have a difficult time as human beings holding the fact that a person can be good and also do things that they need to be held accountable for that are not so good. Okay? Okay. So all I want to say, Jenny's left. She walked away. She's done with me. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say that because I very much feel that Buffy getting kicked out of her house is not a not necessarily her getting kicked out of her house. Um, I think that she is equal parts responsible for like leaving this home. Um, And then I think that it is really integral to where she needs to get to walk the rest of the path that she needs to walk. Um, I don't, I'm not saying it is the right decision. I'm just saying that I see very, very important points of strength in her leaving. And I, I listened. I watched the scene again after some. And, you know, when whenever we say like a couple listeners were upset, it's like once we say it, then everyone's like, everyone was mad. Like it was fine. It was not a big thing. It's just like enough people were like, I disagree with this for me to be like, I need to watch it again. Um, And so I just Jenny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just okay. listening. Am I doing? Am I doing okay? How am I doing? Yeah, you're doing great. Okay, so I I went back and I just really looked at the dialogue. Alba and I were actually talking earlier today a little bit, and you know she was like, "It's funny because I think that like had I been watching the show like I normally watch the show, I would have felt how I had always felt before, which is like, what the fuck? But because when we watch the show, we like like p- pick apart some of the dialogue and like we're looking at it based on conversations we've had in the past and da 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 da. Like it it felt different, and that's the experience I had as well. Because Faith, Robin, Giles, those three folks are saying, I don't understand what we are going to fight. It's not that we don't want to fight. It's that we don't understand what the mission is. And so we can't get on board with it. We don't feel it's the right decision because we don't understand it. Um, and Buffy is saying, why can't you trust me? And Giles, I think, I mean, listen, honestly, for the most part, fuck Giles for a lot of season six and season seven. Okay. We, I don't, I know we're very mad at him and I am too, but Giles's point that Buffy doesn't trust them is an important thing to have a conversation about, I think is really valid. It's one line. It's like, you know, maybe not the focal point, but to me, it's really resonant for the issue, which is that what I think the group is saying is that they really need to feel that they're a group in order to fight this fight. They need to feel like they're together. And Buffy is struggling. And someone mentioned, like, what about all the trauma she's gone through? What about all of like the time she's been right? What about all of this? And it's like, for me, that's all on the table. It's just that I think that the group is feeling that the group needs to be together. And I think that they give Buffy like five to seven opportunities to come into the conversation and Buffy can't do it. And I think that that's why she has to leave. Um, The particulars of like, it's her fucking house. 
you can't kick somebody out of their own fucking house. Like, I understand that. But I think that, like, the show at this point is showing us Ravello Drive as this place of community action to defeat this big evil. And that I think what the show is either trying to do or just accidentally did, which resonates for me, is showing that there is an issue when the leader of a group cannot come together with the rest of the group. And for Buffy, and we'll, I'll talk about it when we get into the episode, but I think that Buffy really had to go to be able to get back together with the group. So that's my, you know, I, I said a little bit of it, but I felt like I didn't really like say it super clearly, but I've been thinking about it. I wanted to share it with you all. And I also don't think that I'm right. That's just, those are just my feelings. My opinion, my take. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking back on the on my the last five minutes with my uh, completely silent audio file. Yeah, please. I mean, I would love to hear what you think or what you disagree with, if you disagree or if what you maybe you just don't want to even talk about it and you want to move forward. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think like as with most things, there's um three sides. Mm-hmm. My side, your side, and what actually happened. And I I just feel like this is a lot of stuff going on on both sides. You know, in some cases almost 7 years worth of uh dynamics developing and shifting and changing and everybody growing in different ways at different rates and people leaving and people coming back and all of this stuff has kind of like built up uh to a point of ultimate tension uh at a time that you know is extremely perilous for everyone involved and to me this feels like uh still you know just like a big case of of people not meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Buffy is very used to being in command. So her reaction uh, to not being met where she is, you know, is very specific mm-hmm. and really intense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she does have the track record of being the leader of this group uh, to great success yeah. for many years. What she doesn't have right now is the ability to experience her emotional and personal connections to these people because she's so afraid of failure. She's afraid she's mortified about the losses they've already suffered that she feels 100% responsible for and that she cannot even fully acknowledge to herself, let alone to the people around her. And she's so scared that she's going to be responsible for more of that. Right. So she's like, not just shut off from the girls that she talks about in this episode, but she's kind of shut off from everyone. And there's also like, hey, really good recent reasons for that. See Giles, mm-hmm. see Wood. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever you stand on the Spike Wood continuum, uh, and not that you can't have like also like, not that you can't hold conflicting opinions in that sort of spectrum, uh, but like wherever you stand there, like, Buffy's got a reason to not trust the people who have, you know, so, like somebody like Giles, who she's trusted forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, who has been her teacher. Yes. Till now. Uh, and, you know, there's just there's just a lot at play here. I think. Last episode, we saw. Nobody doing their best work. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I also think. Kristen, especially from a storytelling perspective, that the power of somebody who's been deeply entrenched in a group being isolated 
from that group and like what can come out of that? What kind of growth, exploration, reflection is possible sometimes only in that circumstance? Uh, you know, that's that's a lot. That That's hefty. That gives the people making the show, you know, some room for Buffy to get real low so that she can start coming back up. Yeah. 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 There's and that like and also I agree with literally everything that you just said. Um I, I think it's a I think it's a really interesting moment. I think it's a really powerful moment in the show. And I also think it brings up, I mean, I don't know if this is true for you, Jenny, but I would say it's probably true for some of the listeners. I know it's true for me that like when I move through this moment that Buffy is experiencing, it also brings up stuff for me. So like my, like, like Jenny said, right. It's like, there's Kristen's take, there's Jenny's take. And then there's like what actually exists in the middle. It's like part of Kristen's take is also based on like, fucking experiences I've had of being told to leave a group or you know what I mean? And like being taken to task in ways that felt horrible to me, but that also I was like, fuck, I don't know if I could have gotten here if I didn't get there. And I don't know that that means that like everything along the way was right. But all I'm saying is that like my shit is in there too. And so if you're listening and if you have strong feelings about this, I'd also challenge you to think about like how your own shit gets wrapped into it because it can be really an amazing tool to just like thinking about this shit that's inside of us. Um, and that's why I love this show. Um, before we move forward, I, I wanted to say one other thing, which is that I had like some stuff to say about Anya's monologue. We didn't, we kind of like, you know, there's a lot going on when you record a podcast. Um, and there was even more going on last week uh, because we had three voices and not two. The thing that I didn't say last week about Anya's monologue is about the word lucky, because I think that like that just feels wrong out of the gates. Right. Like and it makes everyone immediately default to like, how the fuck is this girl lucky? She didn't choose this. She didn't want this. She didn't whatever. And so I don't know how Anya means it. <laughs> But when I hear Anya do this speech, I, I, I hear it more in, in a space of like, we're all fighting the biggest evil in the whole world. And you lead us because that's like the role that you have been like assigned and you have super strength in a way that like a lot of a lot of us do, do not. So you're more equipped for this fight. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be the one that leads us into this fight. Like, that's how I, um, like, internalize that monologue. But I, I, like, also have a lot of room and space for people who feel like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> it's also Anya at the end of the day. And, like, you know, Anya goes hard. <laughs> I do feel like Anya's speech could have packed a little bit more of a punch for me personally as a viewer. Because I feel like she really kind of you know, with one sweeping gesture discounts mm -hmm. all of Buffy's training, hard work, sacrifice, literally dying for people, uh, and Buffy's track record of success. Right. I think there maybe uh, are other ways she could have approached the question of like, why is Buffy the leader and should Buffy be the leader? Mm -hmm. um, that might have worked for me a little bit better. Yeah. And we had some listeners who were like, it would have been nice if Anya had directed some of that to Giles, which I have to say I deeply agree with. I mm. deeply agree with. And like, not to not to like uh, beat a dead horse over here, but, you know, just to underline your point, Jenny, of this lack of trust. Right. It's like 
it's not necessarily on Buffy that she does not trust a lot of the people in that room. There are people in that room who have done Giles top of the pile, really fucked up shit to Buffy, where how could she trust them? Uh, right. So so it's a big chaotic mess in there. Um, and I, I don't think that Jenny or I would ever uh, stand here and say, like, no, definitely the way we feel is the right way. Uh, and I don't know if you agree with this, Jenny, but my opinion is that the best of television, the best of art is like the, the kind of shit that really gets these conversations started. You know, should Angel be a character that can redeem himself? Like that's the good hmm. sticky middle of shit um, where mm-hmm. we really get to like the root of what goes on inside of us. We're very complicated little animals. So... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, now I'm done with my preamble. Did you have anything else to add to your preamble? I would. The only other thing that I would say is just back to you saying that they didn't kick Buffy Mm. out of her house. And I'm here to say that Don said, get out, get out, get out. I wish that Donna had literally said, get out, get out, get out. And <laughs> just oh. one more time for the road. Yeah. And I can see, I can hear the, I can hear things from both sides here. Cause clearly they tell her to get out of the house. But um, I think what I mean by like Buffy participated in this is that I do really feel, I, I, I think you made a very good point in saying that Buffy has probably a harder time meeting them in the middle because of mm-hmm. where she's been. Um, But I do think that there were opportunities. I understand why Buffy couldn't take them. But I do think there were opportunities. I think what they wanted was for her to stay and talk and participate. And I think, yeah, it didn't happen. Have an exchange. Um, And I I think it didn't happen. And I don't think that, like, anyone is single-handedly to blame. And I will take some ownership of the fact that, like, part of the conversation last week, I think... We were we were fucking, you know, fucking Los Angeles was in the house. So it was real, real fun to be like, yeah, Buffy's being a bitch. But like the nuance, the nuance is also here. Um, I hope that my God, after six years of talking about this character in this show, you know, that like we go a little bit deeper than Buffy's being a bitch. Um, <laughs> but it is fun. Um, anyway, yes. Agree. Get out, get out, get out. Oh, Dawn. I, the, okay. We, so- we can stop talking about it, but I have to say what rewatching Dawn with that line michelle trachtenberg this episode too i'm here for it yeah so you're ready you're ready to move on to uh the episode we're discussing today i am i am well as you can see at the summer's house now that buffy's gone things are (laughs) just really uh going like a well-oiled machine uh Everybody's doing great. Oh, Amanda really wants them to follow the parliamentary procedure that she's learned about in her like model UN classes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Kennedy immediately (laughs) going in for those of us who have been around longer should have more of a say, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I do feel like it wouldn't have been my will for them to kick Buffy out. But now that she's gone. I think Xander's got a really strong point that um, probably everyone there shouldn't have a say. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious as to why this conversation has started with all of them in the room. Or is this picking up immediately from the end of the last episode? It seems like it's like an yeah. hour later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they've yeah, been yeah. in chaos for about an hour trying to figure right. out... And- 
Yeah. I would expect sometime in that last hour for Giles, Xander, Anya, Wood, Faith, Willow to sequester themselves and have mm-hmm. uh, respectfully a grown-ups conversation. And Dawn. Did you say Dawn and Dawn? Oh, sorry. And Dawn. Yeah. I was yeah trying to picture everyone. <laughs> uh, but Dawn, Dawn belongs in that group. I don't think that, that Kennedy does. No. Uh, not the like... You know, uh, council of people who've seen a lot of shit. No, because Kennedy, I mean, I think Kennedy is fantastic. I think this episode really gives us Kennedy in a way that feels like, oh, wow, this character could like have a spinoff. Like they give us some very strong Kennedy moments in this episode. But Kennedy does not know Buffy at all. Kennedy, like this group, I think the group that you're talking about is the group that has a deep resonant understanding of what they've faced and why this is different right because the girls the other girls here don't have a reference point to understand they don't have the context yeah um not that they can't contribute and do so meaningfully potentially but you know uh (laughs) just in a minute in a minute in a minute. Um, I love the little aside that Giles and Dawn have, you know, where Giles is sort of saying she'll be okay and Dawn being like, then why do I feel like this? I like that. You know, it's a quick scene, but I think it's nice that they give some space for these core characters to be like, fuck, this feels bad. Like, this doesn't feel good. This this feels wrong, but also it felt wrong the other. What a horrible thing. I hate when life does that. When, like, no matter what choice you make, it always feels wrong. Oh. It's rough. Yay. Um, Faith, this is the voice of reason that we've needed for a fucking moment. I have an idea. How about we fucking sleep for a second? Just like, can we rest? Can we take a rest? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're all going to do that. And they're all going to, everything's going to be fine. And then, skirk, the lights go out. Rat row. Uh, the pe- so the people at the power plant have left town so they just what flick the really big switch on the way out I know I like that they're like I guess the power company left I'm like is that a thing like does the <laughs> people who work at the power company could you please let us know is this a thing thanks like, didn't Homer Simpson I guess he works at like a nuclear power plant but yes like it's like was Homer the last guy there and like if you're the last guy standing do you have to turn it off before you leave <laughs> That's the, the, are those the energy rules <laughs> yeah well I mean if you don't want the bill to be wild <laughs> super high <laughs> Uh, um, Alba actually pointed out that these scenes at Buffy's house uh, with the group uh, having conversation are all shot handheld, yeah. which really emphasizes the instability mm-hmm. that we're seeing here in the aftermath of Buffy departing. Yeah. Yeah. Love so that. on the streets of Sunnydale, the last folks are packing <laughs> their minivans. That's it. They held out till the power left, and now they're getting yep. getting out of Dodge. And Buffy picks a house. Buffy's doing a little signature sad walk down the street with her arms wrapped around her. The only thing missing is some overalls. <laughs> Someone said, I think, in the Discord somewhere that the way Buffy should probably picked which house it was was the one that had the most pairs of overalls inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is so weird. Yeah. Because she kicks in the door of this house expecting it to be empty. And when there's someone there, even though people are just flooding out of town. Right. She's like, 
I could go to like literally any other house on this street and just take that one instead. But I'm going to take this guy's house. I'm just going to do that. It's really weird. And the dialogue is really weird. In my notes, I was like, is this like some weird, very fast attempt at making a gentrification joke? Because the line is like, this is a man of color. He's like, get out of my house. And she's like, you you should get out of your house, actually. Which, like, clearly it's like, you're, you're going to die. Okay, fine. But then she she said he says you can't kick me out of my own house and she says it's what all the cool kids are doing these days this isn't your Kristen yeah that's not a gentrification jab that's a jab at everybody who just kicked her out of her goddamn house oh wow (laughs) thank god I was like I don't get this line at all like is this Okay, great. I so even deep- even with that context though, I think this clanks pretty hard. Yeah, it really does. I think this needed a couple more drafts. Not your house, not your town, not anymore. Like I, I got, but it's it's not great. It's also like Alba made a good point, which is not necessarily like in the Buffy and this dudes exchange, but said like this reminded me of a fact I learned recently about evacuations, which is that a lot of times the reason that people aren't evacuating is not just because they're being like obtuse and like, oh, I'm going to live. I'll, I'll be fine. But it's because they actually can't afford to fucking leave. Um, so, you know, all those facts on the table. This is a really weird choice. Um, I'm happy that the guy goes because like, you know, it definitely you don't want to stay in Sunnydale, but she could have yeah. picked. Maybe he really just had an amazing collection of overalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very possible. <laughs> so we go to the credits. Uh, and then we go, oh, I'm so excited to be back at the mission. The mission mission. <laughs> back at the mission. Andrew is playing a very one-sided game of I Spy. Because it's daylight and they need to wait for it to be dark again so that Spike can drive his motorcycle without exploding. A sleepover for the ages. Just Spike being so annoyed and threatening to kill Andrew and Andrew throwing up his hands like, oh, you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a cute, cute little scene. Um, A a couple of ableist uh, language moments in this episode, which is not a surprise in this show. One of them is here from Andrew. And then later we will get one from Faith. Um, But other than that, this is a give me Andrew and Spike forever, honestly, forever. Yeah. Uh, Also, Spike's worried about Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're playing I Spy and Rock, Paper, Scissors when the Slayer is out there and God knows what could be happening with her. Andrew's like, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Wow, if season two Spike could only see Spike now. I know. Support for the show comes from Care Of. Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. You start by taking a short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals for a personalized recommendation, taking the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. Everything's shipped right to your door, along with a customized booklet showing you exactly what is in your individual daily packs and why it was recommended specifically for you and your health goals. Care-of's convenient individual packets also make traveling super easy this summer. Just grab a few, one for each day you're gone, and your vitamin routine is set even when you're away. Lately, I've been really enjoying a protein powder that Care-of makes. It's plant-based protein made from organic pea, pumpkin seed protein, and hemp proteins. 
and it's chocolate flavored. It's really nice. It's creamy. They use organic cocoa powder to make it. And it's delicious. I've been using it in uh, my morning shakes. I'll just like pop some ice and some frozen blueberries and some banana, some almond butter, some chocolate plant-based protein powder from Care Of, and a little cinnamon and some almond milk and just blend that right up. Oh yeah, don't forget maybe like a red berry, a strawberry or a raspberry. Either way, whatever you're feeling, <laughs> proportions to taste, blend that up. And man, it's so delicious, especially on these warm summer mornings. It's really refreshing. Want to give it a try? For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BUFFERING50. That's code BUFFERING50 at TakeCareOf.com for 50% off your first Care Of order. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So I don't know when the rest happened. That's a question I had. Because I'm like, wait, they all said they were going to rest, but now they're just back planning down in the basement this time. Right, right. They've changed venues. (laughs) The girls are like... I don't want to die. Anya's being incredibly Anya. Don't worry. It's far more likely that you'll live to watch all of your friends die first and then you'll die. Uh, Kennedy pushing very hard for them to go to the seal. Yeah. Faith very reasonably is like, okay, let's just uh, just like get a rundown of all our little foes. We've got the first. We've got Caleb. We've got the Turakhans or the Turex Han, depending on your preference for pluralizing. And then we've got the bringers, the weakest link. And then this is where, like, I don't know, it just seems goofy. It seems goofy that, like, everyone has the same idea when, when Faith is like, let's kidnap one bringer. And everyone's like, what a wacky idea. I know. I know. Why? Like, what could ever be gained by doing that? 
<laughs> hold them ransom. I like I'm sitting there like I'm not a Scooby and yet I understand already why Faith would want to get a bringer. <laughs> Uh, also, yeah. I don't know why it tickled me so much that they referred to the um, Turex Han as roid rage vamps because they're so skinny. They're like, I know they're really strong and that's like what the steroid jab was about. But like, it's mm-hmm. like they're they're but like they don't have the bulk. They really don't have the bulk. steroid use. No. Um, OK, so Faith clearly is like you fucking dingbats. I'm saying we could get a bringer because if we have a bringer here, we can probably like get information out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy pushes back again. Yeah. Kennedy almost sounds like as single minded as Buffy here, but just without the six plus years of experience of leading a Kennedy to defeat. Th- apocalypse after apocalypse yeah mm-hmm. kennedy truly ready to be the next layer in every way shape and form yeah yeah um, she's she's ready she's, for the driver's seat yeah um and willow does take her to task in this moment um you know i mean i think like kennedy and she says this like she thought things were going to be different and that people would be like like i think listening to her and specifically her and she's like burned that this is not the case when cool mom is in charge <laughs> Um, <laughs> cool mom, still a mom. Yep, still a mom. And that's basically what Faith says. I, I'm actually your boss now, which means I'm not one of you. Um, and so Kennedy back the hell off and you gotta let me do my job. Mm-hmm. Um and Kennedy Kennedy does, and to great results, actually. Like this is good. What I like about this is that like Faith asserts this like I do have to actually like make a plan and I'm going to listen to you, but I'm not just going to do what you say. Um, And then we will do this plan. And I like how Kennedy really thrives. Like once this, once this all like lines up and happens, like Kennedy really is feeling it. Um, Right, right, right. Yeah. Over at Shadow Valley Vineyards, the bringers are just chip, chip, chipping away. There's something in the rock. Oh, my God. They need to get out. And uh, Buffy the First is like, she can't get it before we do. So, hey, look at that. There is something. There is something. So There's something. Is the arsenal? Here's my question. I'm very confused about the structure of the vineyard. Is the arsenal below the vineyard? Based on a little trapdoor slippy do that we'll get later it does seem that way yes and then faith and the others are also underneath the vineyard or they're at some other decoy i feel like they're at a decoy decoy I, we should probably Zone, know this the but bomb <laughs> but i don't know it because i try not to watch ahead anymore because i'm sad uh <laughs> so the bringers are like the um what do you call the fraggle rock the the um fucking okay I'm gonna look it up because Johnny doesn't know the doozers the bringers are oh, the doozers yeah. here they are put to work with their little welding masks um I love <laughs> I love the fact that uh, the first is like wait do these guys sweat and Caleb is like I think they actually pant like that's how they control their body temperature hmm. <laughs> Okay, this is the Kennedy moment where I'm like, oh, damn, I would watch a show here. I would follow Kennedy to see what she would look like walking through alleys with a mist. Mm-hmm. They have sent Kennedy as the bait and they give her this shot, which is just like such a classic, like, buffy shot. Um, oh, yeah. You know, mist coming up from the alley. She's 
pretending to be disgruntled. We believe it as the audience thinking, why did Kennedy leave? Oh, no, something bad is going to happen to Kennedy. And then, LOL, they're just playing a prank on the bringers. They are using Kennedy uh-huh. as bait. I My notes specifically say, Kennedy kills a bringer. It is good to me. <laughs> I like this. Um, and they snag one. They rope a bringer um, and bring it back to um, Kennedy. Um, says, let's get this back to the captain. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Kennedy calling Faith the captain. Happily, uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm sweating a little bit, so. Oh, okay. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is interesting to me and kind of like uh, Kennedy calling the bringer this and then they refer to the bringer as it in the next scene. Mm. And it's it's interesting to me because we just saw how bringers are made. Like, they start right. as people. Right. Uh, just like, say, vampires. And like, we get a little bit more of like what they're about in this episode and it's not good but it's also it seems like you know not something they chose we're fighting you know a war of good against evil so like maybe it isn't the best use of anybody's time to parse this but it is interesting that they kind of like talk about them in an even more kind of like dehumanizing way than they talk about vampires. I agree. I agree. I thought I had the same thought of like, wait, especially later down in the basement. It's like, whoa, dudes, like this was just a person. I mean, I'm sure you can't bring the person back, but it does seem like they're treating them as though they are just some other kind of demon um, always set out for evil. So I don't know. But I agree. Bringers, uh, in addition to not having eyes, uh, do not have tongues. So this bringer cannot talk. Um, Giles and Anya, an exchange here where Anya does not know the definition of the word dumb. Uh, Giles says the bringer is dumb. Anya, you were expecting a Rhodes Scholar? No, he doesn't have a tongue. He can't speak. And here's Don. This is my sweet baby Don. Just perfect. Just she's like in full... Dawn is just upstairs in her free time reading a book that is not in English that she needs to parse one word at a time. And she's learned about a Turkish spell that is used to communicate with those who cannot speak. She learns from Willow there is a translation of this book and is deeply upset that she has spent so much time word by word finding this out. But um, <laughs> I'm just so proud of her. I'm just so proud of her. She's working so hard and she's doing such yeah, a good job. She's, she's working hard. She's putting in the hours. She's g- getting f- frustrating news. Dawn said, there's no book club. <laughs> uh, but then she got over it immediately. She did. Um, So they decide they're going to do this spell. Faith is like, great. Well, Willow gets the ingredients together and then skirk. We're back. Hi, everybody. I missed you guys a lot. Sorry it took so long to get back from our uh, mission. Mission. But we had to wait out the sun. Well, I think our our mission went very well. We uh, we rode on Spike's hog, which was very cool, and uh, uh, played some amusing games. And, uh, oh, we got some information. But you know what? I really need to urinate. Oh, Andrew. We rode on Spike's. Hog. It was cool. <laughs> we rode on Spike's hog. Uh, 
Mission, mission. I know I've already said it, but I love it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> specifically to Latoya Ferguson. I love Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then, uh-oh, Spike's like, oh boy. Oh my God. So, so awkward. Spike's like, I think we got a lead. Where's Buffy? And everyone's like, ah, <laughs> you just missed her. She just she decided to take a little nap, a little nappy poo. And as yeah, we all talked and Buffy decided it would be best for all of us if she took a little time off. Now, of everybody who shouldn't be in charge of communicating this information to Spike, boy, oh boy, is it ever Willow. Oh, my God. Willow. Poor sweet Willow. Uh, if you go to the I think it's on the DVDs, there's a like sort of the blooper reel from season seven. And there's a very hilarious and a very adorable outtake of Allison Hannigan messing up this monologue. And then she looks right at James Marsters and she's like, I didn't work very hard on this monologue because <laughs> that's his line. <laughs> It's very cute. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, um, you know, Spike sees through it immediately. Uh, so you're telling me that Buffy Summers, Buffy and Summers took some time off in the middle of an apocalypse? I don't think so. He calls them sad, ungrateful traitors. He says, you're her friends and you betray her like this. I do love the dig on Giles. I am into it because I really think that Giles needs a little bit of time out as well. <laughs> uh, he says, she surpassed you and you can't handle it. Then to the group, she died for you. And this is how you thank her. Oh, my God. And then, Wow. Like there's, I realized that like we pre-selected sexual tension award nominees, but that I had two that I forgot to put in the bin. Yeah, this is one of them for me too. Yeah, this one is like massively. I wrote in all caps for the entirety of this fight. Um, I am so deeply turned on by Faith and Spike punching each other. <laughs> Time for speech giving is over, bad boy. Punch from Spike to Faith. Kristen writes in her notes, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of punching and kicking and talking. Uh, Faith uh, tells Spike that it's cute how uh, Buffy has him whipped. Mm -hmm. hmm. Also, everyone in the house is also watching like hot, 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 hot. They're all in the doorway, just like big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spike leaves. Where is she? Faith says, I don't know. I think Spike realizes that he's she's telling the truth and he leaves and then he, he goes out to the sidewalk and he takes a big <laughs> sniff. <laughs> Nothing creepy about this. Nope. Totally normal. Just trying to smell my smell for my ex. Just a good ex sniff in the calm yep. Sunnydale air. So over in the basement. Willow does her little spell mm -hmm. to get the bringer to talk. And Andrew keeps saying things and everyone's like, shut up, Andrew. But then Andrew says, I am a drone in the mind that is evil. And they're like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> I'm part of the great uh, darkness. But then as he continues to talk, they realize that he is actually speaking for the bringer. Here's the thing. Don't you think that in the book that Willow read a translation of and Dawn read in the original language that 
they they would maybe mention how the spell worked. Maybe. Like, yes, but okay, also magic, you know? Yeah, a bunch of Prank Sinatras writing these spell books it's back true. in the day. It's true. They're like, LOL, they'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, this is not a great message, um, but it does include the fact that they are building an arsenal beneath the dirt. Mm-hmm. Hey, get in line. Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? It's true. Um, we will laugh as you die is the limit for Giles, who then consulting no one slices the neck of this. Yeah, it's like earlier during the bringers monologue, Kennedy puts a knife to the bringers throat and Giles was like, Kennedy, (laughs) this I couldn't possibly stand by and allow this to happen. And then moments later. He is unable to stop himself from slitting the bringer's throat, even though they could have potentially gotten more information. Right. Ah! He had only been talking for like 30 seconds. Like, And to Andrew's point, no way of knowing that this would not be a little mystical throat slash of poor sweet Andrew. Seriously. What the bananas, he says, to my yeah. enjoyment. So they're like, okay, we'll just ignore the fact that Giles has done this without consulting anyone. And Faith will inform Faith. We'll get some maps. Now we need to figure out where there's like a subterranean large enough to house an armory. I'm like, y'all live on the Hellmouth. The whole thing is a subterranean big enough to fucking house it. What are we looking for? Yeah. The whole, you poke one hole in that ground, the whole thing's fallen down. This is just one big sewers connected to more holes just it's just all holes under there okay here we are at 1722 Ravello Drive wow you clocked the street number no I just made it up (laughs) okay you think she stayed on Ravello Drive (laughs) yeah I think she walked four houses down I mean Mm -hmm. how far can Spike smell I know he can smell but like can he really smell that far uh, I wasn't under the impression that he was smelling her where she is, but like rather following. like the trail of scent that she left. He's like that cartoon when it smells a pie. It just like. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Buffy is the pie in this case. <laughs> um. So he finds the house and I think this is really interesting the first thing that Spike says that he can go into this house without an invitation needed which which signifies that the town really is theirs now, that it is no yeah. longer a town that belongs to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. A really tasty morsel of a detail there. Yeah, and then Spike's like, yo, fuck Faith. <laughs> and Buffy's like, ugh, it was everyone, not just Faith. Also, please leave. Oof, yeah, Buffy is in bad shape, which is to be expected. Um, She's like, it wasn't just Faith, it was all of them. And she says, and it's not like they were wrong. Spike is here to pick Buffy back up again. And the first attempt he makes is by saying, but you were right. There is something that Caleb is trying to protect from you. And I think it is at the vineyard. So you were right. Get up. Let's go. He's like, I know how much you love being right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a noble first effort, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffy, I don't feel very right. And he says, I know. What are we in season six right now? Pretty much. Season six part side B, the B side of season six. Yeah, yeah. You are their leader. This isn't something you gave up. It's something they took. 
Um, we'll come back to this conversation because it's only going to get more emotional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First, let's go. Oh, look who's going to come and join fucking Faith. Love to see the mayor and Faith back together again. Oh, wait, but before. Yes, I know. The I mayor... just, I saw my big mayor. I got excited. I know. Oh. Okay, let me talk about Giles first. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm calling this location Joyce's bedroom because it seems like whoever is in charge sleeps mm-hmm. there. Uh, and yeah, the, I called it Buffy's bedroom, uh, which upsets me a little bit about what's about yeah, to happen. The turnover is just too it's unpredictable quick. right now. I'm going with what I know. Yeah, <laughs> the general. It's the general's bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Faith is finalizing the plan with Giles, and she's like, "Okay, what time should we? So like around seven. And then she's like, "No, no. Or a good leader would say seven sharp, which is." cute it's cute and giles is like okay roger that and then as he's leaving he like stops and and pauses to say like faith you're doing just fine which is nice i know it's like fucking took you long enough to say anything nice to this girl it is nice it is nice and like i think and i'll wait to talk about it more in depth but i think that like faith I think Faith gets at least one bite, no pun intended, of what we've been wanting her to have from the moment she arrived in Sunnydale in this episode. Finally, she gets some of the... And she's not only getting it, but she's able to also receive it. I'm not trying to speak in ways that could also be speaking about her and Wood having hot, hot sex, okay? But that's just what's (laughs) happening. I guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um. Okay. So then, here comes the little mayor. Yay! Oh, we're so happy to see him. Oh, I'm part. He has so many amazing mayor lines. Um, it's the end of humanity, Faith, not the end of courtesy. (laughs) Hell yeah! He also says, "I'm part of the first, as you kids call it." Oh God, it's just delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. Uh, but he does like make this interesting. Uh, while he's saying that, this interesting uh, point for us that you know these sort of apparitions of the first design that people are seeing. He alleges that they're not just the first, that mm-hmm. they're also, you know, made up of the stuff of the people the first is imitating. Yeah. Which I buy. I buy this. I think this is true facts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's impossible to parse it. I don't think that we could ever really know because it could just be evil being really evil or it could be evil using evil's power to parse parts of these folks's past traumas and past you know lived experiences but i think that it i think it's more powerful if it's the latter because it's like using using each human's deepest wounds Ooh, yeah Ooh. uh oh he t- <laughs> <laughs> he tells her he's doing a better job with the girls than buffy did and good thing they kicked her out and faith does two things that I love. She's like, number one, she like tries to say like, that's not what happened. But Don said, get out, get out, get out. And secondly, she defends Buffy's honor. She, she defends does. her girlfriend. 
She said it to she the first, the mayor. Faith honestly came the closest to defending Buffy's honor even last episode. Faith has been the only one that has actually had like a little more space for the weight of the world to use an episode title. You know, like, oh, this is kind of a hard gig, you guys. <laughs> it's not it's not a walk in the park. It's not always easy to like meet folks in the middle. Um I also I was I was really hoping, Jenny, that you were gonna bring up little women because you know how I love when you talk about little women. But when have I talked about little women? I don't remember. I just know that we had a conversation about it in the past. Uh, it could have been on a Patreon pod. I don't know. I just know I've talked to you about little women. I think it was in pod. I don't know why, though. I've never read it. I just watched the adaptation for the first time. The one with <laughs> Winona Ryder in yes. it for the first time, maybe a couple months ago. Yes. And I got to say, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I don't even know how to have a favorite little woman i don't know why uh, i just love it i love it um, their world is inscrutable to me um but the mayor liking meg the best because she's a proper lady is also just such an amazing it's just like it's just good okay so manipulation o'clock but i also like the idea that the first also doesn't only uh, work in lies that the first is also using truth as weapon and we don't know that right but it's like that's the question on the table with this like you have to be careful of buffy because um like you should stay on guard she's dangerous she's gonna destroy she'll always you. see you as a killer not a person doesn't feel like a lie I mean, I I want it to be a lie. I want Buffy. I think Buffy is moving toward a place where that can be a lie. But I think yeah. she's in a gray area right now, which is what makes the first and the firsty monologues as, uh, as trippy as they are. I mean, and I love... I love Faith owning later, like, that she's like, I knew that he was here to manipulate me and fucking still. Like, I just think <laughs> that that's so powerful. It's like when you have shit yeah. that's that deep, like, it doesn't even matter if you know somebody's pushing the button. It's still the fucking button. You can't. You can't. Yeah, it's like, I know that Tatiana Maslany plays all of the clones <laughs> on Orphan Black. I know that before I start watching. But then before I know it, they're just all different people to me. The amount of times I referred to them as like a them. Like, literally, like, oh, it would be so cool if they were all, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, back to the abandoned house. A little, a small aside on Spike's relationship to the word no. Um, But but yeah, I know. I'm like, well, that's a casual, deep reference. Um, Yeah, what you couldn't hear, listeners, is me making my... I was responding to Jenny's very appropriate cringe. Um, But she says she's not leaving. And Spike, now this is a great tactic again. Spike says, it's chaos without you. There's unrolled (laughs) sleeping bags everywhere. And also... Everyone's unkempt. (laughs) And also, when that isn't working, I hit Faith a bunch of times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Buffy perks up at that. She does. She does. Really? Uh, but then here we go here we're like starting to get into what it really is you know Mm -hmm. Buffy's like every time I say the word a girl dies casualties it sounds so casual and then she talks about how she knows she's been keeping these girls at a distance because she knew some of them were gonna die and then she takes it even further Kristen Mm -hmm. she's like I've always 
cut myself off. Being the Slayer made me different, but I'm the one who made it so that I stayed that way. Hmm. You know, somebody no, else said something no, about no, this. No, 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 no. He was no, about 6'2. He had honk. sandy <laughs> butterscotch hair oh, and a know. nice wide smile. Like, he I did a lot of push ups. I don't know if the listeners are as attuned to you, vote, like, audio wise, as I am audio plus visual wise. <laughs> but, like, when Jenny started the very beginning of this talk, I knew that she was aiming for Riley. Like, the whole. I didn't even know I was <gasps> aiming for Riley. I did. I was like, this <laughs> bitch is going to land in a pile of fucking army muscles at the end of this shit. And there you went. Lord, let it be so. <laughs> People is... try to connect and I just slip away. And then she says, you, and then in parentheses that are silent that we can't hear, and Riley should know. <laughs> uh, it is true. It is exactly, I mean, it is exactly the conversation that Riley and Buffy had in season four. Yeah, um, it's just like a couple seasons later. She's coming uh, around to some of her truths. She's like, yeah. and you know, I'm... I actually do think that I'm like really into people taking off my boots slowly. <laughs> yeah, what actually was cut from this episode for time as a, a shot later where after Buffy asked Spike to get into bed and hold her, she's like, wait, I'm uncomfortable. Could you just take my boots off? No, wait. Slower. 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 That's actually why I'm not mad at Buffy for putting her shoes on the bed. The only yeah, time yeah. it's allowed is when it's actually part of the sex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to keep the boots on because if you don't, they yeah. can't be taken off. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is this is uh, important. And this is kind of the thing that I, I I don't think this and only this is what she needed to uncover for herself. But I do think I do think part of fighting is um, being able to make yourself vulnerable. And I kind of think that it is one of the hardest parts of fighting. I'm talking really generally now, like emo like um, when you're battling something emotionally, when you're battling something, you know, like in your life, when you're whatever, that like, I, I know that for me, the hardest part is being vulnerable. Like, can I take the risk? Can I take the risk of loss, right? Can I... Is it is it possible for me to love these potentials, connect with these potentials? Is it possible for me to love a partner? Is it possible for me to fill in the blank with like whatever it is that like you're moving through or you've moved through? I think the hardest bit is this is like Buffy can punch and kick and um, in a lot of ways lead. But it, she also her default is to protect herself. You can't fault her for it because... I mean, people are always trying to kill the girl, but <laughs> the recognition that what she's struggling with most is the fact that she can't connect to people because she knows she might lose them, I think is really key um, to the to back to the point of like, if we're going to do this, it truly genuinely has to be together. Um, Spike's like, I remember a lot of connecting, actually, I. Uh, there's a whole uh, HGTV series about it, actually. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of connection through leather, through ankle length leather skirts. There was connecting. It was miraculous uh, beneath many a Persian rug. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. 
Buffy's like, but we weren't close. You just wanted me because I was unattainable. This is it for Spike. I texted. He's had it. I texted Jenny this. Two things I scream texted to Jenny. This is one. Spike, I've hummed along to your pity, Diddy. James Marsters deserves an Emmy for delivering that line. How does he say it? How does he do it? Your pity, Diddy. It's very good. So good. He tells Buffy she's insufferable. He says, this is my favorite uh, I see you Spike moment. Um, Buffy asks him what he's trying to say. And he says, I don't know, but I'm going to know when I'm done saying it. Let's uh, take a little journey through what Spike is, is going to say. I've been alive a bit longer than you. And dead a lot longer than that. I've seen things you couldn't imagine. And done things I prefer you didn't don't exactly have a reputation for being a thinker. I follow my blood, which doesn't exactly rush in the direction of my brain. So I make a lot of mistakes, a lot of wrong bloody calls. A hundred plus years. And there's only one thing I've ever been sure of. You. Hey, look at me. I'm not asking you for anything. When I say I love you, it's not because I want you or because I can't have you. It has nothing to do with me. I love what you are, what you do, how you try. I've seen your kindness and your strength. I've seen the best and the worst of you. And I understand with perfect clarity exactly what you are. You're a hell of a woman. You're the one, Buffy. I don't want to be the one. I don't want to be this good-looking and athletic. We all have crosses to bear. Well, 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 well. This is romantic. Oh, it's very nice. He believes in her. It's so... He cares about her. Angel could never oh <laughs> shots fired morgan wherever you are cover your ears i'm sorry i'm still, we're almost done with the podcast you guys i'm gonna try to burn it down morgan is somewhere with her fingers jammed directly in her ears going oh guys it's okay i it's you can have your opinions. I'm not right. I just like I in that moment truly I was only trying to stir up a lot of shit. <laughs> I was just being I was being a bitch. Um but this is very Oh, Kristen thinks she's in LA right now. <laughs> this is though very beautiful and nice and um I don't know, like just the perfect mix of my favorite piece of it is when he says I love what what you are, what you do pause how you try oh that feels like it really gets to the core of what it is to be Buffy or someone like Buffy that like Mm -hmm. this is the biggest ask Jenny and I talked a lot last week with the um 
Empty Places song about um, the moment uh, in season five when Buffy sits down amidst the um, Knights of Turrican. What the fuck? Byzanthar. Bliggity blang. Byzantium. Yep. And she sits down and she's just sort of broken. She stares vacantly out and it's like, can she stand up? Can she get up? Can she keep fighting? And like that, that ability to stand up and continue trying is what makes Buffy Buffy. And like, hopefully, <laughs> seems like by the end of this episode, it is going to be what makes Buffy Buffy still. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't even talk about this rest of this scene, Jenny. I'm going to cry. What? What? The rest of the scene. I'm going to cry. Whoa. He's like, well, and I'm off. Uh, now that I've done my monologue, I'll check in on you later. And she's like, please stay. And he's like, ah, yes, I will sit in this chair. And she's like, no, come over here and hold me. I can't it's so tender sometimes it's the end of the world and you just need to be held (laughs) jenny jenny's uh, expression of emotion is that while she was describing the scene she took the microphone cord and curled it into the tightest little coil that i've ever seen in my whole life It's like the same as like taking the the label off the beer bottle, <laughs> but you don't have a beer bottle. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> oh God, it's really powerful. We've been on a very long journey with these two and this really is some end of the world shit. And I love how this is juxtaposed with a lot of other people fucking, you know, like that's, that is not where these two are. Um, they are holding each other there's nothing in this scene that makes us think that they're gonna have sex it's not about sex it's truly about like having their skin touching each other's skin and just being like holding which i i will cry forever so see you never Mm -hmm. bye-bye okay so back over at joyce's room Mayor Wilkins slash the first is still just like going hard. He's like, no one will love you the way I do. And I'll always be with you, Firecracker, in everything you do. And then he does a little TV blip. Now, I was wondering mm-hmm. if we could phone a friend, if we could get some expert input uh, to find out what approximately it costs to put one TV blip into an episode of television in 2003. I feel like LaToya either knows or can find out. Okay. And I want to know because there's a lot of TV blips in this episode. <laughs> Blipping are. and hoping. <laughs> all over. Uh, there's some other blipping that's about to happen. Um, yes, there is. Because fucking knock, knock. Robin scares the fucking shit right out of Faith. She's like, God damn it. You can't just sneak up on a girl when she's talking to her past traumas. Yeah, um, yeah. But then she does something important, uh, which is that she tells him the truth about what's happening. This is very different for Faith um, Faith is usually just the person who's going to do what she first does, which is, oh, are you looking to be the guy who puts pal in principle for me? Like, she's very like, it's fine. It's I'm fine. Everything's fucking fine. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she shows us her growth and says it was the first. And Robin closes the door. He would like to hear more. 
He would like to share yeah. share his feelings and his penis. Do, do, do. Oh my <laughs> god! Do, do. He this I think this like is it feels weird to me that he's like oh you're really in the game now Faith. The first doesn't show itself unless it thinks you matter. Faith is a fucking vampire slayer. <laughs> Faith is at the top of the pyramid as far as the first to-do list is concerned. I agree. I agree. But on the flip side, I agree. It doesn't make any sense. But I also think on the flip side, the entire like heartbeat of this scene is that finally someone is truly recognizing Faith's importance, Faith's power, Faith's abilities, and like actually being present with her emotionally as they are mm. present with her physically, something we know from the horrible experience that we saw in the uh, this year's Girl Who Are You set, she has not felt um, ever. So <laughs> I do love that uh, Wood is telling Faith, like, oh, that's like what the first does. It like finds your weaknesses. You know, it like goes for your Achilles heel. And she's like, Whoa, it just talked to me. It does a heel thing too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also double yes on Robin's response. He's not he's not like, yeah, ding dong, the Achilles heel. You don't know what that is. He's like, it's a phrase. It means your weak spot. She's like, school. I was absent that decade. You know, everybody's chill. Everybody's good to each other. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Then Faith shares more. She says it was <gasps> a boss. I know. She says it was a boss, and he's like, oh, what? He, like, didn't pay enough, or what, what the hell happened? She's like, no, he was like a dad to me. Robin's like, it was my mom when it came to me. Robin says, I knew it was a trick just like you did, Faith, but it still got to me. I still wanted her to hold me like a little baby. <laughs> In a manly way, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, this is like... I don't know. I, I, My last note in this scene is I love this for them. And it's because of how they get here. Um, you know, Faith asks Robin if he thinks the first tells the truth because it told her that Buffy was dangerous. And she really is asking, like, am I supposed to believe yeah. this? And she says, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to believe, but I just wish that she was here, which is girlfriends. <gasps> they were roommates. <laughs> when you say here, do you mean like here in the fight or do you mean like here in the bedroom? <laughs> Where do you mean precisely? Um, but it, it's, it's just really nice. And Robin says, oh. She's not the only one. You're a slayer too, and you're a good leader. Faith's pants fly across the room. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit. Forget tomorrow. We have tonight. She says, am I out of line? Like, am I reading something that perhaps I wasn't? And he's like, no, no, pal. You're you're picking up what I'm putting down. And... They and have then he picks her up and puts her down. <laughs> yes. And they have hot sex. It is Yay. good. It is good hot emotionally. On it this is show. good physically. Hot sex on this show. Yes. Standing ovation. Okay. So then at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> oh. Let's swing over to Willow's room. Um. Kennedy has murdered all the potentials that usually <laughs> sleep in this room with them so that she and Willow can have some uh -huh. private sexy time. Here's the thing, Kristen. Um, 
these ladies haven't had sex yet? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, but I, uh, so I thought that too until I rewatched the scene and remembered that the reason that they haven't had sex is because Willow's afraid that an orgasm will be a loss of control that turns her back into Dark Willow. Complicated. And we all know that notoriously <laughs> orgasms make people evil on this show. I mean, of course. Like the a math is- reasonable fear. Yes. Like this is the math that has been written on the page. Um, so I actually do understand why Willow has not I mean, I don't know why Kennedy hasn't gotten to enjoy herself. Um, that's, that's unclear to me. <laughs> it but... really sounds like none of our business, to be perfectly <laughs> frank. Uh, we all know that in a, a relationship, if somebody has the tongue ring, they have to pleasure you first. I'm so uh, upset about... Uh, the... No! I'm s- it's 2003. I'm so There's upset. There's a tongue ring. My girlfriend in 2000 and no, not 2003. My girlfriend in the year 2000 also had a tongue ring. It was like a thing. It was like a thing. Is it still yeah. a thing? Don't tell me. I don't. It's not. That's, I, I haven't seen any tongue rings lately. As <laughs> in your in your wide swath of research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always talking to people and they mostly at, have tongues. <laughs> Can you stick out your tongue? Um, I just need to um, check. Oh, God. The. The thing about this scene, obviously, we love queer women on this show. Clearly, on our show, the podcast, we're we're fa- we're fans of the yes. concept of queer women. We However, two heterosexual women love queer women. Yeah, yes, exactly. We are. Uh, what's the word for straight women who love queer women? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right into us. So the thing is that. I don't know what's going on here. It feels very... um, Okay, so we just came from a a scene where Faith and Wood are having sex and it's hot and awesome. Yeah. And then here we have many many candles. Mm -hmm. There's candles everywhere, Kristen. There's candles. So there's a lot of preparation. There's candles in Faith's room, too. There's candles in both rooms. I was like, wow, everybody was prepared. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a a thing that happens. There's just some... Jenny and I both did the same hand (laughs) gesture, like, earlier before we even talked about this scene. Because I was like... Because Jenny... Off mic, Jenny was like... We were talking about the Sexual Tension Awards, right? We're just going to be transparent. And it was like, we Mm -hmm. think everyone will be mad at us if we don't put Willow and Kennedy in it. But as two queer women, we feel not super turned on by this sex scene. And and I said to Jenny, well, first we made the hand motion. And then, <laughs> which is the, the hand motion is hold your hand flat. And so that you're sort of like in front of your face so that you're looking at the side of it. You're looking at basically your thumb, right? Mm-hmm. Your hand is like flat in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just sort of raise it and lower it, you know? And this is sort of simulating... Um, the Kennedy. sexy touching. The sexy touching. Yeah. The, the caressing in quotes. <laughs> also, it's Willow. even more powerful if you pretend there is a boob one millimeter to the <laughs> left of your hand. But you but don't it's lava. Go near boob it. is lava. Don't if you touch it. the boob, you'll don't. be incinerated. Yep, the boob is and lava. And you'll go straight to hell, the actually. <laughs> the boob is lava. If you touch the boob, you're out of the game. That's it. That's how it works. 
Yeah, and then you don't get to do the rigid up and down motion anymore. <laughs> no. even. So, and I, I, I said, and I think, I think that this is true because the thing is, is like we want this to be sexier than it is, but it is not for us. Not yuck and your yum, but I just, I think like when you, especially because we really have the side by side of like Wood and <laughs> Faith right next to Kennedy and Willow, literally in the same house next door to each other. We're getting the scenes back to back, and it's like we why did they get to do what they're doing but these two are like doing this weird t- the only thing that they think they're being like oh sexy is when kennedy is like did you see i have a tongue ring <laughs> jenny and i both shrivel into tiny raisins <gasps> these girls aren't even clasping hands and moving a vending machine telepathically they deserved better they deserved better uh, and maybe, you know, the, the truth is they probably got better. We just weren't allowed to see it, which is what we're upset about. Because once the cameras <laughs> left, that's when the, sh- the good shit got good. That once those cameras were out of there, shit got a lot better. Um, right. Re- release the the Quillo sex tape. <laughs> Quillo? Canillo? Wenity. Will Wenity. Wenity. It's Wenity for me. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know what? Great effort. A for effort. Uh, I think just a lot of, a lot of. I don't the know. nice things. The nice things. I'll say the nice things. I do. I will say I really do like this idea that Willow is afraid to let go because she's afraid of what will happen to her. I like that she agrees to let go. And I like that that Kennedy says to Willow that she'll she'll be her tether. That like she can they can do this together. That's really nice. It is really nice. It's just like in the other room, it was really nice and really sexy. So I am a person who believes both can exist, even when there's two women in the room. That's, what did we ever do to this show? I mean, I don't know, Jenny. To deserve this treatment. I don't know. At least they're both alive. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. Uh downstairs in the kitchen. Anya and Xander are absolutely slamming some ice cream straight out of the gallon container, bemoaning the moaning that comes from above them. I love this. Where are all the potentials, Kristen? Where are they? They're in the basement. They're honestly, they're probably having there an orgy are like downstairs. Fifty of them. <laughs> where? Where? There's not room for all of them Listen, in the basement. They went are they to go get an <gasps> ice cream cone? What? I had a terrible. Thought. My favorite thing is if it's going to be the same thing I said, but you were talking, so you didn't hear me. What was your terrible what thought? What did you say? Nope. What was your terrible thought? What are the potentials all having an end of the world orgy? <laughs> Literally what I said. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't well, say I just end of... listening to you. Is the thing. <laughs> I didn't say end of the world, but I did say orgy. Uh, maybe they're all downstairs having a potential orgy. Um, or they're I just like that you cream. just said it. But I had the experience of thinking it, starting to say it, and then being like, this is not a thing I should say aloud into a microphone. (laughs) When you were like, I already said it, actually. (laughs) No, the potentials are all downstairs. They're like watching I Know What You Did Last Summer. You know what I mean? Like, they're just having There's no power. Wait, how is that ice cream still frozen? Oh, that's probably why they're eating it. Oh, yeah, okay. You got to go through the frozen stuff before it goes. Anyway... 
Good thing. Because I, I have to say, I forgot that they fucked again, um, Anya and Xander. And so I was like, seriously, I call bullshit. There's absolutely no way that you would sit across the table from your fucking ex eating ice cream while everyone else fucked and you knew you were probably going to die tomorrow and not also fuck. Like, show me the footage. <gasps> And they didn't. They, of course, fucked on the floor. So thank you. My note is yes, thank you. My, <laughs> my notes are, Jenny, are you ready for this montage? Spike and Buffy sob. Faith and Wood hot. Willow and Kennedy, no, not a tongue ring. Anya and Xander, yes, thank you. <laughs> Here are my montage notes. Okay. Buffy and Spike cuddling <laughs> wooden faith having very hot 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 sex kennedy uh respectfully caressing <laughs> willow and also licking her neck with a tongue ring semicolon there are candles everywhere <laughs> xander and anya banging it out on the kitchen floor just like the lord intended <laughs> Okay, so... Meanwhile, the first, Buffy the first is like, I envy them. Could it be, much like Torakan might just need a little hug, could it be that the first just needs to, like, bang it out? I think so. I That's what I'm getting from this. First needs, first needs a little bang, a little, little evil bang. Um, and she can't get that. She can't feel she wants to wrap her hand around some innocent neck and feel it crack. Or counterpoint, why don't you try fucking first? You know, because yeah, like, try the fucking first. You don't have to kill it. You don't have to kill anybody yeah. to fuck. I mean, you can, I guess. I, I, we would <laughs> prefer. It, to, yeah, don't. <laughs> um, I made a note because we were. I feel like talking about it in the last episode or two. I think I was saying that like Nathan Fillion doesn't feel like great as a villain to me, but I feel like in this scene he feels very good to me and maybe it's that he's really just kind of like very focused here you know um kind of sermonizing and you know the way that he delivers the you give me strength no man can have line like there's something about all this that works and when he's like interacting really with anybody else besides the first I feel like he just like twirls his mustache a little too hard and like takes it a little bit over the top and he's like i'm an evil preacher and then (laughs) i slit this girl's throat you know (laughs) yeah Uh, but here opposite sarah obviously like what a dream of a scene partner Mm -hmm. uh but this like it's so like tight and crisp to me this like feels so good and i'm like oh no i'm scared now i'm scared of the scary preacher but not for long because things are gonna, <laughs> gonna get a lot less scary the fight yeah that's the background music for the fight that's complete with barrel barrels rolling yeah yeah okay so we get a brief clip to cry again of buffy just looking at spike kill me um Back to Ravello. <laughs> we get a touch more Andrew. Andrew's explaining that all the stone tablets said the same thing. The first is protecting something. We're thinking it's a weapon. Faith. Good thinking, Andrew. Andrew, it's a pleasure, Faith. Back to you. I laugh <laughs> so loud. I love it. Yeah, this is really good. You know what else is good? What? <laughs> <laughs> Updating my sexual attention award nominees. <laughs> Faith 
decides to s- deploy a little unit of of potentials to go secretly look in on Buffy <laughs> and just make sure she's okay. Don't let her know you're there. Just make sure she's okay. She's okay. Because <laughs> she's worried about her. She is. Woods like, what oh my about God. me? <laughs> she's like, stay by your phone. The notes I have on this dialogue are, Wood, where do you want me, Faith? Jenny, I have some ideas. Faith, by your phone. Jenny, no! <laughs> this is... The other side of the coin with Faithful Hain. Okay, sure, she dabbled in some vulnerability last night, but she's certainly not going to still be in that place this morning. She she's can't got be. other shit going on. She's got a lot to do. Um. Oh, God. Well, all the girls are leaving the men they are into behind because not only has Faith told Wood he must uh, wait by the phone for a call, Buffy has left Spike a note. I wonder, do you think there's any doodles in it? Like any of those S's where you draw six lines and connect them all? <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> Hell yeah. All right. So we don't know what the note says. I like fully believed that we were going to get like a voiceover telling me what was in the note. But that's because I haven't watched the last two episodes because I'm sad. So. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. Wow. Well, we know where Buffy went, don't we? That's right. She's back at Shadow Valley Vineyards, tossing a bringer down the stairs. And she's like, hey, I heard you got something of mine. And we're like, I hope this goes different than it did last time. And then. Buffy proceeds to zoop and capoeira her way around this evil vineyard as though Caleb were me and Buffy were Frank in my yard with a stick in his mouth, refusing to come inside the house when it's time to come inside the house. The first is like, Caleb, this is getting embarrassing. And I'm like, fucking, I know. I have neighbors and they see me. It's humiliating. <laughs> oh, it's a good tactic. Frank and Buffy points to them. This is yep, it works. Just zoop around. You don't have to land a blow necessarily. If you just like avoid uh, absorbing a blow yourself, we get another TV zap from the first, and I'm like Latoya. <laughs> Buffy's running up stacked barrels. She's what is she? Fucking Donkey Kong or some shit? She's I mean, making a real fool of this man. It's fucking and then, hysterical. Oh no. He he acts he's so mad that he pushes a barrel over that happens to be the barrel that was both concealing and holding the trap door shut. Is that what happened? I was confused. I didn't I missed it. So I was like, how did the trap door open? When did that happen? But okay. That is what it looked like to me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm like misreading. No, that makes sense. Um but oh my gosh, it's a trap door. Buffy just slip slides right through it. And she finds a weird red axe, and she, from her look, seems like she's very. We should be a lot more excited about we this weird be. red axe. I don't know why yet, but it seems like a good. It seems like a good sign. Um, and it's like, is this what the bringers were trying to get out of the rock? But it was down there. Did they get it out of the rock? Well, I don't understand. I guess we'll learn more. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they've they've cleared the rock away from it. And now it's sitting there like the fucking sword in the stone. Yeah, truly. Um, meanwhile, flashlights have been procured. They got the, the they went to the dollar store. They didn't even have to pay because no one's there. They just took all the flashlights, all the batteries. They're in this tunnel. We don't know where this tunnel is, somewhere underneath Sunnydale. And they're looking for the arsenal. They find 
a pile of weapons. They find a pile of weapons and I'm immediately doing the math. How much if I sell all of these axes to the blacksmith at Whiterun in Skyrim? How much? Oh my god. Would I profit? <laughs> Probably enough to make 3 blips for the for the <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um this is so the bringers descend on the girls led by Faith here. Um I have written amazing walkthrough by Faith, hot, hot, hot. So apparently I was super into Faith's like walk through the battle that they give us in this scene. Um, (laughs) I'm also into Amanda, like literally Amanda embodies every frustration you've ever had with the crossbow and then says, fuck this. I'm just going to use it as like a, a weapon as I run forward with a battle cry and plunge. And that's the way you do it, Amanda. Hell yeah. Right. Vi, who's been absent for like 40 episodes, is kicking all of his ass downstairs. I don't know what happened to Vi, but she's doing a great job. <laughs> she um, had a private tutor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Kennedy, of course, is my note. Kennedy is, of course, kicking ass. Kennedy is, I think, mm-hmm. the best fighter of the potentials. Um, oh, great. Meanwhile, Nathan Fillion saying his favorite line across all Whedon verses, you whore. <laughs> Like, oh, don't God, cast Nathan true. Fillion on your show unless his character gets to at least call one woman a whore. Otherwise, yeah, that's in his that's, contract. That's in his contract for sure. <laughs> um, that happened before Buffy jumped down the hatch, but I just wanted to make sure it was included. Um, so she finds this axe in a stone. And meanwhile, Faith kicks the lock on what she has found and beep, beep. 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 Oh, no. That's the last thing you want to see when you open up a metal box. A bomb? In this economy? In this universe? Like, come on. Where are we? At a submarine on Lost? Get get out of here with your bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's it. We go to black, man. This is the end of the fucking series. We got... What's gonna happen? Two episodes left. Uh, so typical of the two slayers. One Buffy, one Faith. Buffy's like, ah, and Faith gets a bomb in a locked box. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, I feel like I would. Li- <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see what happens in the next episode. But this is not the triumph I was hoping for for Faith yeah. on her first time out as the leader. Well, she did have sex, so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that before A fatal you... mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, um, this was an episode. I enjoyed this episode. This episode had, it feels like many important things were inside of this episode. And speaking of things inside of things, <laughs> let us turn our attention now to this episode's installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. Kristen, I can almost see the light at the end of the slot tunnel. Our days of jamming noms into various slots will soon be over, if well, you can believe it. I can't. I refuse. Yeah, I hate I hate to think about it, but here we are. Uh, so let's make these last few rounds really count, Great. people. Great. Mm. For today's episode, season seven, episode 20, touched here are the noms. In our slots. <laughs> these are the noms in our slots. <laughs> you know, like these are the days of our lives. No? 
<laughs> like sands yes, through do. the hourglass. These are the nouns in our slots. <laughs> okay, in slot number one, there's a lot of different kinds of foreplay, and ice cream is one of them. Who can deny it? Not I. Sometimes when you can't beat them, you have to join them <laughs> in having sex. It's Anya and Xander. Beautiful. It's slot number two. A different kind of foreplay in this universe is punching each other in the face. Mm -hmm. So, hey, it's Faith and Spike. Hell yeah. In slot number three, sometimes a relationship, sometimes sexual tension is a little subtler mm -hmm. than a punch or slamming some ice cream. Sometimes it's uh, getting some of your employees <laughs> to <laughs> secretly go check on your ex mm -hmm. to make sure she's doing okay after yep. you kicked her out of her own house. Yep. Yep. It's Faith and Buffy. Yep. And then it's slot number four. Sometimes um, the best foreplay is actually the hot sex that's already happening. It's Ooh. Faith and Wood. Hot. I'm trying to think of the noise a flamethrower makes, but the only noise that's coming to my mind is boy yo 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 yoing. <laughs> please, please, please vote responsibly, but most importantly, to vote. Mm -hmm. Find our sexual attention award Twitter poll mm -hmm. at BufferingCast on Twitter. You'll be able to vote for one week from the day that we publish this episode. So come on down. Let us know what you think. Please. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you're into. Mm -hmm. Are you into ice cream as foreplay, <laughs> punching as foreplay, uh, just kind of uh, surveilling as foreplay, or fucking as foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> fucking as foreplay, always a good pick. Always. Uh. <laughs> In. Here we are indeed. Two to go. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> You're telling me. You are telling me. Whew. Well, Ooh. just in case, after 140 episodes, nope, 142 episodes, they don't know who. Oh, please. Plus double episodes, bonus episodes. Well, okay, fine, fine, fine. After one million episodes, they don't know who you are. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, my God. Let me tell you all about it. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And uh, when I'm not watching Buffy, I am usually writing, recording, and releasing friggin' music uh, that's not about Buffy, necessarily. My newest EP is called It's Dangerous to Go Alone. And uh, you can find that on Bandcamp or your favorite digital music platform. Hey, you can give me a shout on Twitter or Instagram or even frigging TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs. And you can join me for live streams on my Twitch channel on just about a weekly frigging basis. Who are you? My name is Kristen Russo. Thank you so much for asking. Um, my middle name is Nolene, uh, and you can use the spelling of my first name and my middle name to learn more about me on Twitter, on Instagram, or on my website. There's a jingle for that, actually. How does it go? Kristen with an I, N-O-E. A gem. It's like I didn't know, you know, if I would remember it for the next two. And I was like, I got to get it in one more time if I forget. Maybe maybe now I'll remember every time. Who knows? Anyway, 
That is how you spell my name. It's also in the show notes. Uh, I do a lot of work when I'm not talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with LGBTQ plus communities specifically. Uh, Most recently, I do a lot of talks with workplaces and other organizations to help better prepare folks for being good in the workplace, but also uh, being good parents and family members of LGBTQ plus youth. You can learn all about that on my site. And um, what about us, Jenny? Little old us. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you could drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You can support us and the work that we do or have done here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer by going on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash BufferingCast, or just learn all about what we do and support us in any way you'd like on our website, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Al Badaza, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. And till next time. Ah, uh,
Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.